0: Aloha from Maui, Hawaii, and welcome to the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School. My name is Michael Benner, your host. Every Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock Pacific Time, 4 in the East, it's 20 hours GMT, Universal Coordinated Time, during the summer months. And during the winter, 21 hours GMT, as people go back to Standard Time. This program is available by podcast as well as heard live every Sunday afternoon. And uh, in any event, whether listening live and participating today by text or by telephone, or if you're listening to the replay, either streaming or podcast, in any event, we're very happy that you've decided to join us today. We're about to do Lesson 5 of 7 in... Our study of the ancient Kabbalion, that's K-Y-B-A-L-I-O-N. You're probably getting the newsletter and following along there. The ancient Kabbalion, written in 1908, published in 1908, actually, anonymously by the three initiates. And We're going to continue our uh, study for the next few weeks as we work our way through the seven key principles of ancient egyptian or hermetic philosophy as described and discussed in this wonderful little book it's thin but it's really profound it's (laughs) pithy and provocative and profound there you go and uh gotten good feedback so far. I hope you're enjoying this and I hope you'll save especially if you get the podcast but even if you haven't really paid much attention to the podcast, you listen live or sometimes you check out the stream you can always download it to your computer and save it in your music folder. Remember the archives of all the past classes are at theagelesswisdom.com That's one of two sister sites for our personal development and human potential material. The second site, of course, is FocusedPassion.com. And that's where our premium audio program, Finding Yourself in Paradise, comes from. FocusedPassion.com. This mystery school, which is free, and of course the podcast is free, and will continue to be free even after we begin our new premium training in a few weeks. The archives will always be at theagelesswisdom.com, the W's dot com. If you forget the T-H-E, you're going to go to a different website. You won't find what you're looking for. Once there, click on Enter to go inside, and then on Webinars and bang, there they are the upcoming, all the past I think there's about 170 classes all archived for you and again uh, listen streaming or look around, you'll see a little link once you get into it where you can download all of these programs to your computer save them, put them on your iPod or portable MP3 player give them to your friends Get that information out there. These are tough times for many people. And if you're going to sit on the sofa and wait for the economy to get better, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to have to go out and shake things up, uh, create the job that has been shipped overseas, become an entrepreneur, follow your heart and do something to serve humanity, provide a product or service to generate some income for yourself. That's what we're all about, is empowering the individual to be of significant service to his community and her community. So you've come to the right place if you're looking for personal empowerment, self-discovery and development. This is what we're really all about. This is what the mystery schools from time out of mind have been about, from Pythagoras and even before there was any recorded history, but probably the first human potential teacher was Pythagoras, and uh, that was 2,500 years ago. We could say the same about Jesus and Buddha and Muhammad and the other prophets and sages and women and men down through the ages, the shamans and the spiritual teachers who have studied these principles that we're talking about in this series. So today, Lesson 5 is the principle of rhythm, and we're going to talk about that in some depth and take your questions by text and by telephone I just want to mention, and I'll talk a little bit more about it in coming weeks, that we're about a month away now from beginning a new premium training here in the Mystery School. I want to be clear that this free Mystery School and the podcast, which podcasts are always free, will continue every Sunday at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, although my attempts to shorten it will continue. (laughs) A lot of people said to me, I just can't dedicate two hours to this. Can you get it down at least to an hour and a half? And that's what we've been doing. Now it's down to about an hour 15 or 20. Uh, Beginning in about four weeks, we're going to reduce this free class to 30 minutes. Always going to have something here for you live at 1 o'clock Pacific 4 in the East every Sunday afternoon. And it'll always be free, the newsletter's free, and I mentioned the podcast, of course. Podcasts are always free. But in response to a number of requests for really in-depth presentations, I decided to add the Premium Mystery School Leading into that with the Kabbalion is an attempt to demonstrate what we will do in the premium training beginning in July. Oh, I don't have the calendar here. I think it's July 17th. And instead of doing a different presentation each week, which we've done for the last, what, two and a half or three years here in the Mystery Mm -hmm. School, we're going to go in-depth into particular topics, certain books or streams of study and we're calling it a training because that's really what it is you're gonna be able to roll up your sleeves and really really enjoy what we're doing here the fee is nominal it's going to be a couple of bucks a week depending on whether you're paying the tuition for individual classes it'll be in that case uh six ninety five. That's really the expensive way to do it. And even then it's less than seven dollars. Or by buying a full term, which is thirteen weeks you can get the price way down to four dollars and sixty one cents. And then if you buy a year it'll only be three dollars and what is it, twenty seven cents. So for a little over 3 bucks, you can get these trainings, which is silly. We used to charge $15 when we were doing it in Glendale in Los Angeles, and people would have to get in their car and drive across town. So this is really a bargain. You can sit on the sofa for a couple of bucks, get the same thing. You've noticed we've also added slides, and we will be interactive as well your questions and comments just as we're doing today. So you'll have the added video um material as well. People seem to like the slideshow and I enjoy doing it. Uh wanna mention a couple of people, I said this before we started the podcast button, but for those podcast people that are now listening, if uh you ever um whether the We're talking about the free mystery school, and I'm using slides now, or the premium training that begins in a few weeks. Uh, If the slideshow ever doesn't work, most browsers default so that it works automatically. It's set to play when you come in. But if you ever have a problem with it, check down in the lower right-hand corner of the video screen in front of you and make sure that play button is engaged. If I start talking about in this next slide and you don't see one, (laughs) it's the way your browser is set up. Uh, Most of you should have no problem. It should be defaulted into the... You can check that now down there in the lower right. It should say playing down there. and You don't have to do a thing. So watch the newsletter, the Personal Empowerment Newsletter. If for some reason you're listening to me today, live or by podcast, and are not receiving the newsletter, Uh, Go to our website, theagelesswisdom.com, click on the free newsletter button, and just leave your first name and email address to be sure that you get the newsletter. That'll have the link to each week's free mystery school, and also the information as we get closer on how to enroll and sign up, pay the tuition for the premium training that'll follow every week at 1 all right so mystery school this will always be free at one o'clock pacific and followed at 1 by the premium training that of course would be password protected and those of you who are enrolled will receive a special password by email every week and you'll use that to log in And yeah, if you're not able to listen to the premium training, if you've enrolled and paid the tuition, but you're not able to listen live, hold on to the password because the replay will always be available to you with the same URL link that you would use to join us live. And uh, all you'll need is keep track of that password, and you'll be able to listen at your leisure, streaming or again you'll be able to download the program as an mp3 as well all right so watch your newsletter for that and uh, we'll give you more information in the coming weeks i'm real excited about that somebody said what are you going to start with well the basics of course we're going to start with fear that's the only enemy there is in this world it's not the things that you're afraid of that constitute the danger the only danger is in the fear itself. Roosevelt said it, and he nailed it. The only thing you have to fear is fear. That's the enemy's fear. And that's why it's so ridiculous to fight terrorism with terror, to try to fight and frighten your enemy. You know, Too few people have any sense at all of what love your enemy really means. It is a way to defeat your enemy by making sure they're not an enemy. You're not afraid of them, and you stop frightening them. (laughs) When you treat an enemy with respect, they stop being your enemy. And, of course, that sounds exceedingly, extremely naive to frightened people, but that's the problem. They're frightened people, and they don't trust, and they're not willing to treat anybody that's different or disagrees with them as the enemy. In many ways, this leads into our discussion today about rhythm in the Kabbalion, understanding that differences are not opposites. That's one of the primary lessons we're going to talk about today. If you live in a world where your view of things being different is that they're somehow in opposition to you, then you're maybe... Uh, how can I say this without insulting people that's a very popular and common belief that any difference is an opposite and if somebody is not on your side then they're an enemy they're a threat to you if they disagree to any degree in any way then you're right and they're wrong you're good and they're bad there's no middle or no in between and this is foolishness This is particularly true on the right politically, but there's many people on the left that suffer from the same kind of absolutist thinking, that any difference is an opposite. There's only two ways anything can be. And we're going to talk today in the concept of rhythm and pull on last week's class about polarity and explain why that's not so why we live in a world where things are relatively true, and that means all things are true to a varying degree. Something you think is absolutely wrong could be 99.99% wrong. Something you think is patently evil could be extremely evil. But the pendulum always swings back again, and the truth is in the middle. The secret is in the center, right? That's where the love and the understanding and the wisdom, the truth is always in the middle, not on the extremes of things. So everything is true to a relative degree. And we'll talk about that in terms of polarity, pulling it on last week's class, and then developing the rhythm between the poles, the idea that the swing to the left is equal to the swing to the right and we'll explain what that means and marvel really at the extent to which this has been understood for eons, for centuries long before there was an understanding of electricity and electromagnetism the ancients understood these principles and passed them on you know in many ways when you study metaphysics and mysticism and esoteric philosophy and you look at the ancient world it's a little shocking to realize that in many ways our ancestors from thousands of years ago were smarter and better informed than we are today in spite of television and the internet and incredible computer technology information and communication technology our ability to send people to the moon and and map the human genome and and create life in a petri dish, Uh, that's all remarkable. But in many ways, we've lost touch with nature. We've lost touch with the simple principles like action and reaction or cause and effect and the role of the mind in all things your responsibility this is very empowering information and in many ways the church and the state which until recently have done the same thing to some extent still are the same thing the politics of church and state has really uh, conspired to rob us of the wisdom of our ancestors and so many of these basic principles it's a little surprising to realize that they really are so ancient and so ageless, the ageless wisdom so timeless in their uh, in the understanding and the opportunity to apply these laws of mind today in 2011 and in the future so Let me uh, look around on the website real quick, make sure everything is cool, get a sense of who's here, good, a lot of people have jumped in in the last few minutes, we have lots of people on the phone too, so let me go to my uh, slideshow settings, and we'll work our way through, starting with uh, the seven hermetic principles. When you see the quotation here from the Kabbalion, if you're looking at the slide, if you're on the phone, I'll read these for you. Um, Excuse me one second here. It says, The principles of truth are seven. He who knows these understandably possesses the magic key before whose touch all the doors of the temple open the number seven as I've explained in the past is a very important number in all of esoteric philosophy mysticism in metaphysics in sacred geometry and there's a number of reasons for that primarily because it has a middle like the number three which has an above a below and a middle The threeness of things, the divine trinity, the lower correspondence of the divine trinity in man, the mental, emotional, and physical nature. The seven is similar. You have three above and three below. It's the concept that there is a middle to things that makes it powerful. Again, we're so dualistic in our thinking. We lose track of the fact that everything has a heart and a soul. Everything has a center that touches upon what would seem to be separated extremes to the more simple-minded. We go to our next slide, the seven key principles upon which the entire Hermetic philosophy is based. Again, Hermetic is a reference to the prophet Hermes Mercurius Trismegistus the author of the Emerald Tablet and the laws of the ancient Egyptian philosophies and religion. Um, You might say, wait a minute, Hermes, wasn't he in the Greek pantheon? Or what's that, Mercurius? Wasn't there a guy, Mercury, in the Roman pantheon who was similar? Yeah, and yet we're talking about what history tells us is a very real person. And so hermetic, remember, hermetically sealed, that phrase Johnny Carson used to do, Karnak, and he'd say the answers were hermetically sealed. Uh, That's a real scientific term, and it pulls on this early alchemy. These are the people who discovered chemistry and pulled upon alchemical principles Isaac Newton, if you read the book The Last Sorcerer you'll see that he dedicated his whole life to alchemy more than chemistry and translated uh, the Emerald Tablet of Hermes Mercurius Trismegistus hence the term Hermetic philosophy for Egyptian philosophy and here are the seven, mentalism, correspondence, vibration, polarity, rhythm, That's what we're going to talk about today, the fifth principle, rhythm. Next week, we'll do cause and effect, and the week after that, gender. All right. So that's where we stand today. Mentalism, of course, is the idea we talked about a few weeks ago that everything is mental. If you've ever considered the idea that every human individual may be like, Uh, in the metaphorical sense a brain cell in God's brain you have a pretty good physical description of mysticism where every individual human being and this would go for the animals and the plants and the mineral kingdom as well though that's harder to understand so let's keep it simple imagine that every person is a unit of consciousness within the consciousness of the one life or the one thing this is ancient core egyptian and greek philosophy it's core shamanism and metaphysics mysticism the mystery is that there is but one mind and one heart there's only one thing at work Metaphysicians will often say there's really only one of us here, in spite of the appearance of all these separated forms, so that everything is in the one life, and the one life, what religious people call God, is in everything. As long as you visualize God as separated and a form, then you're going to have a problem with the key concept here. If you think of God as formless, a spirit, and an absolute ocean that contains every seemingly separated thing, you've got half of it. Everything is in the one. The other half, the one, is in everything. The kingdom is within. Correspondence we talked about three weeks ago, and This is the second law, or rubric of the Emerald Tablet as well, as above, so below. And this led, you can find this in our archives, to a whole discussion of the Trinity. If there is an above and a below, there has to be a middle. Above and below what? Whenever there are opposites or poles, like a bar magnet, there has to be a third element, which is akin to the magnetic field that harmonizes what would otherwise appear at first look to be opposites. That's the magic of the three and the seven I mentioned earlier. Two weeks ago we talked about vibration, that whether you look at energy or mass, and Einstein put an equal sign between the two and proved essentially that that's all we got. That there are two forms of the same things energy and material stuff, and that they're convertible, and that the material world is really just energy in a different form. Madame Blavatsky, in her very important book from the late 19th century, said spirit is matter vibrating at its highest frequency and matter therefore is spirit vibrating at its lowest frequency but matter like spirit is an energy it vibrates it oscillates it has frequency and amplitude and that includes the mind since the first principle is everything is mind. that means your mind works according to vibration you can consider that an evil selfish violent uh, thought is a very low frequency and your kind and generous and loving thoughts are very high rarefied frequencies so you can by adjusting your attitudes and your understanding your intention or volition affect the frequency of the mind and If everything is mind, that changes the world, right? We went from there last week to a discussion of polarity, of the yin and yang of things, like a bar magnet. Everything has its north pole and its south pole. Even a single coin has heads and tails that are only opposites in terms of language. If two things are part of one single whole unit, how opposite could they actually be? So that's a wonderful allegory, two sides of the same coin. You're saying, well, it's either heads or tails. There's nothing in between. Well, the (laughs) in-between is brought about by the fact that it's only one coin. We're not talking about the edge, right? We're talking about how opposite could things be in spite of their appearance if they're part of one whole thing, like the one mind, the one God. But again, an ocean, a totality, think of the universe as a container or the body of God. And next, or to, to today, lesson five, is rhythm. Next week we'll do cause and effect, and the week after that we'll do gender. Rhythm, our lesson for the day today. And as we go to the next slide, then, we see the principle of rhythm, principle number five. Everything flows in and out. Everything has its tides, so to speak, action and reaction, a rise and a fall, so in and out, up and down, back and forth, action, reaction, The pendulum's swing manifests in everything. And the measure of the swing to the right is the measure of the swing to the left. Another way of saying rhythm compensates. So this principle this week of rhythm is simple enough, but it pulls upon everything we've talked about in the past particularly last week's lessons about polarity, about the poles of the magnet, the poles of the earth, arctic and antarctic, it's easiest if you think of the bar magnet, and now we're going to talk about the swing of the pendulum between those poles, and the fact that even though most people have been trained to think only in extremes, that The pendulum rarely ever goes to the extreme. The extremes of things are almost irrelevant. If you start arguing with people about the fact that there are no absolutes, except perhaps Spirit itself as an absolute, God as an absolute, and talk about the pendulum, the top of the pendulum representing the absolute, because it's fixed and unmoving, it's eternal and infinite and yet all the motion of the pendulum proceeds from that fixed point and so you have at the other end the swing of the pendulum but what is an extreme this is what we'll talk about today you'll find that the pendulum swinging back and forth has its yin and its yang it has its polarities but extremes are not really The absolutes are not a way to understand the laws of rhythm. People will insist that this is absolutely true, and this is absolutely wrong, and this is absolutely good or absolutely evil. In practice, there is no such thing. All things in the physical material universe are relative. In other words, all things are true to varying degrees. We go to the next slide everything has its tides here's a little representation of the effect of the moon on the earth's tides you notice the gravitational attraction of the moon represented in this drawing is actually pulling the water toward the moon which would cause the tides to raise in certain parts of the world and to lower in other parts of the world of course the moon is rotating around the earth so those tides have a period Uh, the tide can't go in and stay there the tide cannot go out and stay there what's the one thing you know about high tides it'll be followed by lowering of the tidal levels and vice versa if the tide is out you can count on it coming back that's (laughs) the law of rhythm between the yin and the yang now when we talk about the ocean tides it actually is much more complex than this slide would indicate because even though it's much farther away the mass of the sun is huge the sun is not portrayed in this little diagram here but it has its position and it's going to have an effect on the tides as well as the moon not quite as much as the moon but nevertheless it'll have its effect and because the orbit of the moon around the earth is elliptical and the orbit of the earth and the moon around the sun is elliptical there is going to be variation in that sense as well so it gets very complicated but Fortunately, there are people who've dedicated themselves to figuring those things out. I just wanted to make reference in the most basic way to the tides here. This is quite a remarkable pair of uh, photographs, I think, from a place just off the east, I guess it would be northeast coast of Maine, between New Brunswick and Nova Scotia. It's a funnel-shaped bay that has the name the Bay of Fundy. And you can see the remarkable difference in these two pictures if you're on the website with us today. And again, if you're listening by telephone or podcast, you can come back to the agelesswisdom.com Click on Enter, and then Webinars to access the archives, and you'll see these slides. Look at the low tide here. The boats are literally sitting on the bottom of the bay in this top photo. And here you have probably 12 hours later or so, later the same day or another day, from exactly the same vantage point. You see these boats, you can see the the peninsula off in the distance on the left. And in the bottom photo, of course, the tide is in and the boats are floating. This is one of the more dramatic examples of high tide and low tide in the world. People come to this area just to watch the tides come in and out, and it can have remarkable effects. As we see in this next slide, Everything has its tides. Look what the tides are doing to the shoreline here, to these rocks. And the high tide allows the trees to grow on top of the rocks. And you can see the effect of the erosion on the rocks themselves. And Here the tourists have come in during low tide to explore this area. Just a remarkable picture of ocean's tides that is an allegory for the rhythm of all things in nature the ocean's tides are a metaphor here for the f- seasons for newton's law of action and reaction for the fact that everything changes as i said in the newsletter i quoted lenin and mccartney and said that uh, or paraphrased actually the one way to know things are going to go Uh, get better definitely things have to get better when they can't get any worse remember that song getting better can't get no worse they answer well that's a reference to this whole concept of rhythm whether it's ocean tides or any other example of rhythm another way this is said in the Kabbalion is the measure of the swing to the right is the measure of the swing to the left so this pendulum that you see portrayed that is swung out at about a 45 degree angle to the vertical you can tell is going to swing back to the right and except for the element of friction caused by the air the pendulum is going to swing to the same point on the right that it did on the left. Now, technically, because of friction in a mechanical system, that's not true. This thing would eventually slow down. But, like the pendulum on a clock, if you can make it as frictionless as possible and then add a mainspring so there's a little bit of energy put into the system the swing of the pendulum can be maintained. Primarily, if there were no friction, theoretically, that's what we're talking about, the pendulum, like the tides, corresponding to this fifth Cabalian principle of rhythm. The point is that they're equal. And why is it important to know that the swing of the pendulum in one direction is going to be equal to the swing in the other direction so that you can account for it and apply the esoteric mental principle of neutralization. If you know things are going to change, you can anticipate and account for the change. You can remain ahead of the curve, so to speak. Now here we see kids on a swing set And you might not have ever thought of a swing as a pendulum, but it is. And uh, now we're talking about the measure of the swing to the right equals the measure of the swing to the left. That's not a reference to the two swings. We're talking about forward and back here, the swing of the swing set. It's even called a swing, (laughs) like a golf swing. The measure of the swing to the rear is equal to the measure of the swing to the front. And again, you have to put energy into the system, and you do that by shifting your center of gravity. Uh, Maybe you forgot how to swing. I don't know. I think it's likely you probably remember reaching out with your legs to shift the center of gravity forward. And then when you swing back, you pull your legs in. We called it pumping. Right, and then little by little you build up the momentum you put energy into the swinging system back and forth but the distance that you swing forward is equal to the distance that you swing backward on the swing except for the little bit of friction in the system but again these are allegories for the way things work in nature and the way in which you can use your mental and emotional nature to anticipate change, to anticipate the swing of things, that if things are really bad now, they can only get better. And if things are really good now, you might want to prepare for that rainy day because it's going to come round. Right? The idea that things, you know are always going to stay the same. is as foolish as the concept of things being absolutely true. Where is the extreme in these kids on the swing? Right? Could they ever swing high enough that they go over the top? (laughs) I don't think so. I don't think it's likely. There are certain limits on how much energy they can put into the system by pumping their legs back and forth. Now, this slide, I think, really says it. It demonstrates the, first of all, the yin and the yang sign in the upper right of Chinese Taoism, and you can even see the wave in the sign. You see the suggestion of opposites, but also the dot of the opposite in each, which suggests that. No matter how extreme things may appear to be, there's always an element of the opposite, balancing. So the whole symbol of Taoism speaks of balance. It just reeks of balance. It screams change, yet balance. So here we've got a kid on a balance board, and a surfer looks like he's going the wrong way, but (laughs) that's the way they... They surf, go up the wave and then back down, and then turn around, go back up the wave and back down. They swing, so to speak, on the wave. But the key word here is balance. So these two gentlemen, this little boy on this balance board and this young man on the surfboard here, are compensating with balance for the rhythm and the natural wave of the rise and fall. In this case, the rise and fall is not the tides, it's the waves. And so he balances or neutralizes the effect of that yin and that yang, of the up and down, the rise and fall, the forward and back, the in-breath and the out-breath. And on the left, this young man's doing a pretty good job, apparently, of doing a similar thing with the balance board on the, on the roller. Uh, it's a pretty remarkable feat. This is, in the Kabbalion, referred to as the law of neutralization. And it means that while no matter how wise we may be in our living of life, we cannot escape the effect of polarity or rhythm or these other principles, but we can adjust for it, we can account for it, and we can balance it or neutralize. In theosophy, I made reference to Madame Blavatsky a little earlier today. In theosophy, if you've ever studied... Blavatsky or Alice Bailey, you probably are familiar with the idea of the fourth ray or the law of harmony, harmony through conflict. And this is as basic to alchemy as it could possibly be. This is the idea that we do not, again, seek to kill the enemy, but to redeem or save that which is negative. This is a major message in Christianity, but the metaphor is limited to redeeming one's lifetime, or one's soul, so to speak. You see, Christians are taught that this is true for Catholics and Protestants alike, that the soul indwells, and that it's dirty and bad because of Eve eating the apple and the soul needs to be redeemed to go to heaven a mystic understands that your soul is already in heaven that you are an emanation or an extension in physical form an incarnation of that soul that indwells but also overshadows and that by being aware of that idea You can aspire to be the soul, the soul-infused persona, so to speak, to develop or expand your conscious awareness and account for the ebb and flow, for the good and bad. Not by, again, pulling on the old metaphor or allegory of St. George killing the dragon, good slays evil, but the alchemist says the good redeems the evil. It uplifts as lead to gold, or in the parables of Christ, water to wine. You account and adjust for the negative by adding a positive. You would love your enemy, so to speak. That's what this surfer is doing, right? He's moving out, the wave is moving in, and if he's skilled enough, he can balance himself for a period anyway, right on top of that wave, going against the wave and then turning around and going back down the wave, using that momentum to spin himself around and then go back up the wave. There's a reason that airplanes take off into the wind, right? Right? And I was talking to a sailor yesterday about the fact that they don't go uh, downwind so much as at an angle to the wind and can even, by tacking, go upwind and use the wind. These are the concepts that we're talking about. These are metaphors and allegories for basically responding to a negative, not by seeking to destroy it, but rather to save it. Or redeem it so if somebody is being mean to you you return or respond with kindness if somebody is acting very stupid instead of returning like for like and getting stupid along with them the way most people do you might want to gently and, and respectfully educate them and uplift them to inform them to realize that they're Fear is coming from ignorance, and what they need is understanding, which is a quality of love, of course, love and understanding. This is a very, very profound concept that we have to move from the St. George and the Dragon model of the last 2,000 years, good killing the bad, right? We can see this in our wars and... Just doesn't make sense at some point that the best way to defeat the terrorist is by being just as terrible. The way to defeat fear is to use fear, you know, fighting fire to defeat fire. <laughs> it has very limited applications. What fire needs is a good dousing of water. And so to respond to the negative with a positive, to respond to Uh, evil or that which is wrong with goodness and that which is true is to transmute, to uplift, to save or to redeem. This is the alchemical concept of harmony through conflict and the alchemist, the wizard the sorcerer, the occultist, the mystic the shaman whatever the culture, whatever the society knows how to neutralize through balance the negative and redeem it, uplift it use it for their own purposes and benefits this slide shows you how you can download a copy of the Cabalion, get the whole book for free at the Kabbalion uh, website, kabbalion.org again if you're listening without the benefit of the visual, it's K Y B A L I O N, dot Org. It's a free download. You get a PDF or an ebook, and uh, I believe for a dollar and a quarter, you can even buy from these good people a uh, electronic edition if you're into using a Kindle or some other uh, ebook reader. So let's check the telephones. If you have a question or a comment, raise your hand by pressing star 2 on the telephone touchpad. And we'll come to those in just a minute. I see one hand raised. And let me go to the text questions. If you're on the phone, stand by, and we'll come back to you in just a minute. Um, Let's see. First of all, I have an aloha from Matt Smith who's just down the hill from me in haiku here on the island of Maui. He says, Aloha, in the 30 years I've been listening, never had a chance to hear you play your guitar. Could you do a guided meditation or guitar solo sometime? Wow, that's a first request. No. <laughs> no. Nobody's ever asked me to do that. Uh, I'll consider it. I'll certainly consider it. I'll tell you what I'll do, Matt, if you give me a little bit of time. I've been practicing the Hawaiian slack key guitar, which is finger-picking with an open tuning. and It's opened up a whole new horizon for me in guitar playing, but I've only been doing it for a couple of months now. I need a little bit of work, plus if I'm going to perform, there's always the anxiety. So. I'll have to apply the laws of rhythm and, <laughs> and neutralization to account for the little bit of extra anxiety that would come from performing, even though it's over the internet. And uh figure out a way to mic also because I just this is basically a telephone conference call that the website dials into, so I'm doing this on a telephone but we'll figure something out (laughs) I'll probably record it in advance and play it, that'd probably be the smart way to do it do a slack key guided meditation that might be very cool, thank you and uh, aloha, nice to have someone right here on the island listening in Carol Postel is with us again hello Carol, she's in La Habra And Greg Tuzkowski in the Avon Lake, Ohio, says aloha and good afternoon. He says, hope everything is uh, going well. He says, definitely agree with you on the ancients. The more I read of the ancients, their wisdom and strength combined with an understanding of life, I see what Gurdjieff was getting to when he talked of the problems of education. And studied a lot of the Sufi mysticism, which you can read in uh, Meetings with a Remarkable Men and some of his other stuff, and Aspensky's material, and all kinds of really cool um, the Enneagram and the personality profiles suggested in the Enneagram that's based on Sufi wisdom. Oscar Chazo's Arica training in the seventies and eighties, though based in Peru, went all around the United States and Europe. That was a Sufi based training. They understood this ancient concept, these concepts that come largely out of the Himalayas, out of Tibet and China, and from the what's often called the cradle of civilization the Mediterranean area, which gave rise to Egyptian mysticism, uh, the Hebrew religion, tribe, culture, Christianity, which was, of course, an offshoot of that. Jesus was a rabbi, and um, the prophet Muhammad, of course, gave birth to Islam out of that same region of northern Africa, what we now call the Middle East. Donna in Albuquerque says uh, politics of religion is so huge, so many views. What do you think of the politics of the U.S.? Do you agree with President Obama policies? Please explain briefly. Yeah, you're going to tempt me to get into that, huh, Donna?
1: <laughs>
0: People always want me to talk politics. I am increasingly reticent to talk about politics because it's so corrupt and i want to say irrelevant in many ways i know how absurd it sounds to say politics is irrelevant because we seem to be driven by politics and government and taxation and the economy and everything seems to go back it's as if politics and government is the hub of reality But in fact, love and consciousness is at the center. That's the hub of reality. So, you know, I don't think you're ever going to get me to talk about politics without talking about the consciousness of politics. And instead of changing the world through politics or changing the world through economies or changing the world in any other way, if we want to create change, we have to first work in our own personal politic to uplift our own consciousness, to, as I know you know, Donna, be kind and respectful and loving, especially of our enemies, and use that consciousness to change the world. And That's what this study is, that's why you're here today. Today we're talking about rhythm and accounting for the fact that if things are good, the pendulum will swing. And if things are bad, there's always hope. The pendulum will swing. And you can neutralize the effects, especially of the negative, by balancing it with the positive, just like the surfer in that slide. That's the concept that we're talking about. In practice, it simply means educate the ignorant. Feed the hungry, house the homeless, but educate the ignorant. Do it with respect, not contempt. Be gentle and kind. That's what people need. I mean, why is somebody your enemy? Why do they disagree with you? Could be in some cases that you have different values. You're both equally well-educated and informed and conscious. And You like lemons and I like limes. Fine. But when people get upset and threatened and angry and hostile and violent and threatening, you've got some ignorance there. Evil is always bound up in fear and ignorance. And so what's the antidote to fear? Love what's well, the antidote to ignorance understanding it's really that simple uh, Judy Craft is with us again hello Judy, aloha, she's in Arcadia and she says aloha Michael love the class she likes the visuals, the slides the subject of rhythm is quite interesting let me refresh and see who else we have um My adorable wife is here down the hall. She says, Doreen, Kula, Hawaii, America, the world. She also says, thanks, Uh, Matt. To Matt. Michael, he is getting good. Thank you, Doreen. Doreen's got her computer back. That's great. (laughs) Steven Ernst is with us from Burbank. Steve, I mentioned a week or two ago, was one of my Kabbalian students in Glendale when we taught this face-to-face and eyeball-to-eyeball and lip-to-ear. And he's done a couple of pretty cool videos, one of which he posted on our uh, social net, which I don't talk about enough. If you're not on our Ning site yet, you should really sign up. It's free. Just go to theagelesswisdom.ning.com put N I N G like and like Nancy in between the domain and the dot com. So the W's dot the ageless wisdom dot Ning dot com. And it's like Facebook, but it's just for us, for people that are interested in personal and spiritual development. And you can post videos, Steve's videos on the Cabalion and some of these principals are up there and we have another uh listener and avid student, um Patricia, who's got some incredible, beautiful artwork that she's posted on the website. Other people have put up photos of themselves and their families and somebody put a bunch of pictures of Meditation Mount in Ohi up there. Very cool. You can message each other and you know how social networks work very much like Facebook but for people who have a similar interest to you. Check it out. The W's dot wisdom dot Ning dot com. Just like the website, but you stick Ning in there. And uh let's see, not sure who this is. I didn't get a last name or a city, but John says nice show. Michael, thank you very much. Well, thank you, Jim. And uh, Jim McClellan is with us in the Big Island. Hiya, Jim. Aloha. He says, Hawaiians have a saying, the tide goes in, the tides go out. That's true. That's true. They have another saying, big fish eat little fish. (laughs) This is a mystical culture. People who live close to nature understand these concepts. It's patently obvious. It's only when we move indoors and live indoors and go from the house to the car to the office, back to the car, back to the house, into a restaurant, over to the movie theater. You never get out into the wilderness (laughs) that we tend to lose track of these concepts, simple though they may be. Nevertheless, very, very profound. Uh, Thank you, Jim and give our aloha to, uh, Colleen. We're coming over to the big Island in September, by the way, to do a Ted talk. So I'll let you know more about that. We'll look you guys up and hopefully, uh, we'll get together and talk stories. some. um, all right, let's see. Let me find my, uh, telephones. Where'd they go? Here we go. And, uh, I see one hand. This looks like Robert in West Los Angeles, and we got a few minutes yet. Robert, you're in the Mystery School with Michael Aloha.
1: Aloha, Michael. How goes
0: it? Better and better, thank you. I appreciate your call today. How 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 are things going for you in L.A.? Uh,
1: not too bad. Uh, yeah. Pretty good, except for the destruction of the local roads and highways, costing us billions and billions of dollars that we can never use on really authentic means of uh, providing energy, but uh, other than that... Did
0: you hear that uh, they're building a high-speed rail in Iraq? Unbelievable. Uh, (laughs) I swear, I I just read that last week. We don't get to have high-speed trains in America. Uh, You know, there's bullet trains all over the world, so we're going to build one in Iraq, but I guess that'll probably be to shuttle, the oil, from uh, the oil fields we conquered to the uh, big five oil companies. I don't know.
1: Or oil workers or civilian contractors or...
0: Military personnel. Somebody. Yeah, but they get the bullet train. I almost fell out of my chair when I read that. Anyway, um, that's not why you called. The real reason you called.
1: The real reason I called is a very, really interesting uh, topic uh, Uh, polarity and complementarity and rhythm and uh, especially as it applies to what you normally like to discuss, uh, which is meditation, contemplation. Uh And um, the key as it relates to this topic the the idea, you know, I was thinking of Rudyard Kipling's great poem, If when he spoke of of triumph and disaster, and make, um, what did he say, treat those two imposters just the same. Uh He had a very good understanding of Eastern traditions in that the idea is not to allow your consciousness to be pulled to either extreme in the first place, but rather simply to dwell in the consciousness that's perceiving the events in the first place. And not get drawn into the events that are at either extreme, because then you're lost
0: that's it exactly
1: um, and it's uh, that the very people want to get confused because they think well sitting out in the middle isn't that sort of a an energeticless passive, meaningless existence? The answer is no if you think but if we go back to your example of the pendulum it's interesting to note that the actual points of inertia isn't in the middle, but at the extremes.
0: Right, in a vertical sense, right.
1: Yeah, that's where your inertia is.
0: The bottom of the the, pendulum, you mean, right? Or are you talking about the swing of the pendulum?
1: Yeah, I'm talking about the swing. When you swing that pendulum and you hit either, um, we wouldn't call it an apex, but the extreme outswing in either direction, is where the inertia is, not at the bottom.
0: That's momentum.
1: So, yeah, you've got you've got uh, you're you're actually stuck up in the... When you think of the pendulum swinging back and forth from those two extreme points, yeah. you're actually if you're in either one of them, you're stuck there. You're it's it's a point where you have to where something has to overcome the inertia. Of if you think of it in a mental sense.
0: There is a concept I've heard uh, people talk about. I've made attempts to discuss it, but the all these metaphors have their limits, but the idea of an object at rest tends to stay at rest, and an object in motion tends to stay in motion. And that's mm-hmm. true for your personal growth as well. A yeah, body I, on the well, couch tends to stay on the couch. <laughs>
1: Well, the met- the metaphors, you know, they they're only they're only limited because the language is limited in its ability to to yep. reference experience. But but actually, there a lot of the metaphors are really true, um, even even in a practical sense. But
0: uh, you well, know, I come anyway. up on this. Uh, uh, forgive my interruption. Uh, I'm keeping an eye on the clock because I want to do a meditation, but what is meditation or contemplation but a neutralizing of the pull emotionally and mentally and physically of the world around us um, to rise above it, to detach mindfully from it and watch the yin and the yang, watch the rhythms but not be affected by them. And whenever I talk about emotional intelligence to a group, there's inevitably somebody who is smart but not wise. And they'll say, what are you talking about, emotional intelligence? Uh, seems to me that whenever I get emotionally upset, my intelligence goes out the window. How could there be any intelligence and emotions and I say, well, you have to neutralize them. It's only the calm emotion that reveals its wisdom to you. You detach, you mindfully rise above it, observe it without being affected by it. And that's where the truth and the beauty and the and the wisdom is, is seen. You get what we would say in California would be the whole enchilada. Yeah. <laughs> well, or the German yeah. would call it Gestalt, but that's a, I think uh-huh. another way of what you're talking about, describing what you're talking about.
1: Well, yeah, precisely. If you get if you become through identification your emotion in any direction, then you're lost. There's no intelligence in that. Right. The emotion itself is has arisen as a result of feeling, which is. In essence, a huge wad of information that is arising but hasn't made its way into any kind of uh, uh, vehicle of expression that, that consciousness might use, like like language. It hasn't r- reached the l- level of language yet, so we can't express it. But if it's observed carefully, it will yield its secrets. The secret is just not to get knocked back in the event of some issue, not to get knocked back all the way into the hindbrain, but try and stay centered somewhat in the actual heart center, right. which we now know, thanks to brilliant research that's been going on for the last 30, 40 years, and then back all the way to the mystics thousands of years ago, is that the heart is actually the root of the mind. It is the seat of intelligence in human beings. It is the seat and the 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 space in which the realization of existence occurs at all. Um, you know, we could we could spend the next ten months talking
0: about that, but uh, yeah, emotional most, intelligence. I go was going to say most people presume that the signal that causes the heart to beat comes from somewhere deep in the brain. Actually, nope. <laughs> Actually, it comes from the heart itself. The-
1: and this was proven to us by people who did transplants early on. They recognized that when they were putting these hearts in these bodies that they weren't born in, the, the heart would not only beat and establish rhythm, but even more profoundly would establish a dynamic exchange of information with the brain, even though none of the neural circuits had been reconnected because That's we right. don't possess that technology.
0: It's called the SA node. And uh, the, the initials SA, I forget what it stands for, senile, spinal, atrial, something or other. Okay. No anthropo, I, I don't know an anatomy that well, but SA node is the part of the heart that they leave in. When they add somebody else's heart to it because that's where the signal comes from. Yeah, it's a second brain. It may be the first brain and the one in the head is a second brain but well, we're figuring it out. Robert, I want to do a quick med so thanks hey. for calling. Hey, so, aloha. Aloha to you. And uh, thanks to each of you for being here. If this is a good time for you, I'd like you to sit back and close your eyes and Maybe do a few head rolls and a couple of shoulder shrugs and close your eyes and uh, take a few slow deep breaths and begin to create and sense a feeling of relaxation. Feel safe. It always helps if you use your mind's eye to imagine or visualize a beautiful place of peace and allow my voice to guide you but you can easily imagine hearing birds sing and the wind in the trees feel the gentle warmth of the sun on your face and your arms and continue the letting go the relaxation feeling as you consider our lesson for the day today the rhythm of things that for every in breath there is an out breath that the wave rolls in and crashes on the shore and then the water is drained out the beach while the ocean seems to recede for a moment, to even pull back. And then the wave rolls in and crashes on the beach again. In Ecclesiastes, it says to everything there is a season turn, 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 whether it's the tides. Rising and falling as the Moon rotates around the Earth, the Earth rotates around the sun, it has its seasons, or an electron spinning around the molecule, everything vibrates, everything dances, and it has its polarity. And within the polarity, not simply one side of the coin or another, but the full swing of the pendulum, the measure of the swing in one direction, is equal to the measure in another direction. And when things get bad in your life, and you're going through very tough times, and you say, it's getting worse, it looks so bad, know that it's got to change these are the laws of nature and the pendulum will swing and as bad as it got it's got to be at least that good as the pendulum comes back and yet you can learn to detach mindfully and stand above it imagine the example we just discussed of mindfully detaching from the emotional ebb and flow of being exceedingly happy, almost hysterical one minute, and severely upset, angry, or frightened on another occasion. You can allow yourself, as most people do, to ride the pendulum from one side to the other, from one pole to the other, back and forth, and allow your emotions to drive you, or you can rise up the shaft of the pendulum toward the point of unity and wholeness at the top, where you're less and less affected. Just as the swing of the pendulum comes from a fixed point, consider a spinning disc like a well like a turntable the farther from the center of the spinning disc the faster you move the faster your velocity through space but as you move toward the center it gets slower and slower until at some infinitesimally small point at the very center of that revolving disc is peace and rest and eternity and infinity and all of this motion and all of this spinning chaos flows from a center of no thing no movement perfect peace and the spinning around it is a chaos of appearance and so it is with the pendulum the truth of the pendulum is that fixed apex that absolute bottom of the pendulum has its relative nature the top is the truth and you can be mindful of the ebb and flow the rhythms in your life neutralize it find the balance point adjust and account for negativity by adding the positive don't you see respond to evil and lies with love and understanding, truth, transmute it, uplift it, and you will change water to wine and lead to gold, bring this sense of balance with you, as you inhale, hold for just a moment, now exhaling, ah, relax. And open your eyes now, wide awake, alert, back in the room, feeling fine, all rested, and with your new perspective and new sense of the bigger picture, feeling fine, better than before. So, watch your newsletter in the next couple of weeks as we announce the new premium training, which will follow the free Mystery School. The Mystery School will continue at 1 o'clock. The premium training will start password-protected for those who've enrolled at 1.30, and that will be available also password-protected for those who've enrolled as a replay as well. One thing I want to be sure and mention that I didn't talk about earlier is when you subscribe for a term of 13 weeks or more, multiple terms or a full year tuition, which is your best value, only a little over $3 per class. You also get included the premium audio series that I do with my partner in business, Steve Snyder, over at our sister site, FocusedPassion.com. You can subscribe to that feed at any time for just $0.99 cents a week, three ninety-six a month individual programs are 4.95. You can get a free account with six sample programs just by leaving your first name and email address at focusedpassion.com. There's an ed in there, the w's If you plan to enroll in the premium training at the Mystery School, you'll get that audio feed as well via the built-in player at focusedpassion.com. But you can also send it to your iTunes podcast folder, just like you do the Mystery School. All right. So that'll be included at no additional charge when you enroll in the Mystery School. Watch the newsletter for information on enrollment. And thanks so much for being here. Appreciate it. Be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. This is Michael Benner. Aloha from Maui.